episode 263 of In Touch with iOS, the show that talks about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and related technologies. I am your host, Dave Ginsberg, and it is Mac Stock Weekend. We got together with everybody, all of our friends. We were just at the Mac Stock Barbecue. We'll talk about that in a little bit. I get to be here at my lake house with all of my friends and to see Brittany Smith for the very first time in person. How are you doing, Brittany? I am great. It was amazing. We got to have our first hug. Yeah. It was spectacular. It was spectacular. I'm so glad you're here. We've got the lake in the background. We're enjoying the weather, sitting outside, so you might hear some stray noise, but that's okay. Jeff Gamut, I'm so glad you're here. I got to see you in person for a long time. We had our big, long hug. How are you doing, Jeff? We did have our big, long hug, and no matter how long we hugged, it didn't get awkward. No, it didn't. It didn't. You, your beach house? This is beautiful. I love that we're sitting on a lake yes. together recording a show. Yes, this is awesome. And last but certainly not least, Chuck Joyner's here. And uh, so glad you made it. We saw each other earlier this year at CES, but glad to see you again. How are you doing, Chuck? Stop bothering me, David. I'm enjoying the weather. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fantastic here. It's absolutely gorgeous. Yes. No, it's great to be here. It's great to see you. Yeah. And, and Britt and Jeff and everybody we saw last night at the uh, at the barbecue fantastic time yeah it was a lot of great times so um but uh we're gonna do a bit of a show here this week we got some some topics uh, some new stories that uh, happened uh some apple maps news but we'll probably talk a little a good chunk of the show about max the backstock pre-festivities because the we're not going to be guys all on stage until the weekend as we record this so um but uh let's uh, go ahead and get, hit the, the some of the stories that that have caught my eye this week um Threads. Are you all on threads? Did you make it all on threads? Yep. No. Brittany didn't make it. I don't have an Instagram account. That's mine. Oh, so well, there, there's that. But thread, the threads that social network did get its first major update. Uh, threads uh, social network was uh, fr- released its significant update this week. Introduced a range of new features that improved the functionality of the social network, which we kind of expected. It was basically 1.0. Uh, updating, including a tab uh, for seeing who follows you and who follows you, how you uh, then you can follow them back, an option to subscribe and unfollow and all that stuff. And there's a whole list of things that they added uh, this week. Um, Jeff, with you being on all the social medias and, and networks, and, and especially Mastodon, but the, how have you like, been liking threads and you think any of these improvements are even noticeable? Well, just being able to see a list of who's following you, that's a big thing right there. Because now it's a lot easier to, to see who's following you so you can follow people back. Um, yeah, it's the overall experience feels nice right now. Maybe that's because of the people that I'm following, but yeah, it's just a nice little chat microblog platform. And yeah, it's probably, it probably says something that I'm not like, like fawning over it. Like it's the most amazing thing ever, but yeah, it's just another social platform. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Uh, how about you, Chuck? Has it been the, anything earth-shattering you like, or have you been using it much? I, I've been using it some to to promote the show. Um, it's it's a little bit awkward for me as a, as a potential user, just because I I tend to spend more time in front of the laptop screen, and there is no web interface. There's only my phone interface, and so that just lends it for the way I use social media. It pushes not pushes me away, but I just don't, I might check it once a day if I'm, you know, if, if I'm really into it. But other than that, I, you know, I, it's it's fine. Um, but the more people that get on, the more people that hit the algorithm that they think that I should see 
the more junk I get in a feed. So I'm with I'm with Jeff. You know, if I can just look at my, the people I'm following, it feels I'm sorry I'm going to get hate mail for this, but it feels a little more like Twitter Twitter that I can I can figure out who I, what I want to see as opposed to what they want me to see. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it hasn't been. I mean, I've been dabbling into it. It hasn't been too terribly exciting, but uh, probably Brittany, you're probably good that you're not on there. Just it's not something that you uh, like you haven't been used the Instagram account and yeah. No, no, and I've talked to a lot of people about it, and I so I have access to Instagram accounts. They just aren't only mine, so I don't feel comfortable making a Threads. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Once you do a Threads account, you can't get rid of it, and you have to delete your Instagram account at least for now. I would. Oh hope, wow. I would hope Meta does something about that because that is kind of. Yeah, that's kind of a problem. That's that's kind of silly. Maybe someone wants to be on one, not the other. So, but I guess now we're at one point oh one. I think it's really where we're at now. Uh, when it comes to this, so uh, so are we allowed to be paranoid here? Of course. Okay, so if if I were paranoid, I would say that that's one more way for Zuck to lock us into his little social media empire and gather more information, and to penalize you in some way if you decide to try to get out. That if you if you're out, you're all the way out. Yeah. I don't think you have to be super paranoid, at least on the data collection, because you know that's happening. There's a reason our friends in the EU can't get on. Well, that's yeah. That's a good point. That's a real good point. I have a feeling it's not so much the uh, the let's manipulate people in such a way that that they feel the pain point for leaving would be too high. I think it's more that they rushed to do a launch because there was a window where it would be optimum for them to release the product, and they and they hit the window. But I think they made a lot of compromises to get into that window. So, Jeff, do you think that means that this was this was not planned, this was more an impulsive kind of thing, taking advantage of the circumstances, that, let's, let's just put it out there, that surround Twitter at the moment? Well, to a degree, I, I mean, clearly they've been working on this for a while, and I think that their plan was to do a launch, they had a launch window selected. And then with some of the, the things that have been happening with Twitter and uh, the, the sudden increase in dissatisfaction, they saw this window where they could really leverage that. So yeah. they, just, they, they just changed their bar for what their minimum viable product would be and just sacrificed a bunch of features, and there you go. And I'm waving to everyone on the boats out on the lake water skiing or they're pulling it up well usually it's on the tomb it but, looks like a big floaty out there i don't know i've never seen naked water skiing <laughs> they do barefoot skiing on well the let's let's go skiing chuck <laughs> you're too anxious jeff you're too anxious <laughs> so anyway let's uh we'll see we'll see where it goes I mean, it's still still pretty fresh and new um i found this to be interesting i didn't even know about this this database that's out there uh Apple DB it offers a very useful database of Apple devices, software updates, firmware releases, and more. This was launched back in 2022. It's a very helpful resource that provides a database of Apple devices, software updates, and firmware releases, and more. Um, the website was recently updated with all of the Mac OS releases and beta versions, dating all the way back to Tiger in 2005. Um, I didn't know anything about this database until, until this story. And I, I don't know, Chuck, have you seen this uh, this before? No, this was new to me too. And yeah. you know, I, I I believe the other one that the one I always use is every Mac. Right. So too. the fact that this is maintained 
by Apple, uh, every Mac does a great job. So I'm not prepared to say I've gone through and studied exactly who gives the best information, but it's another great resource. And you would like to think that it's going to be maintained and updated with a lot of extra useful information that maybe some of the others don't. Right. Yeah. No, this is great. I mean, like uh, we'll talk about iOS 16.6 release candidate came out, but it goes through all of the betas. Um, it gives you uh, dev new devices, so it gives you the ad inventory, which is awesome. Like the Beat Studio Pro just came out. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, oh, it's great. What do you think, Jeff? Jeff, this is uh, this is a pretty good, pretty cool database. Yeah, this is cool. I'm I've been uh, poking around just a little bit right now because this is the most preparation I've done for the show today. Uh, no, but you didn't know about the database, which is like, no, I didn't. Like when I bring up the story. Um, I I've been a long time Mac tracker. Yeah, Mac tracker. User. I track or I use that too. And that that gives you hardware and uh, operating system versions, but I don't think it does any any other apps and it doesn't do firmware. So it's cool to have a resource where I can look up, uh, if I need to, uh, firmware versions too. Yeah, absolutely. Anything that interests you on this stuff? It's fascinating. Um, it, it does not appear that it is run by Apple, but it's... It didn't seem like it. it no, it says at the bottom it's not affiliated, and also it had ads on it. <laughs> but but it's really cool. Looks like a great resource. Yeah, so we have the we'll have a link in the show notes, so you definitely can check it out. Um, and uh, yeah, check it out. Uh, speaking of, we just talked about Beat Studio Pro. They did de debut this week with improved sound quality, spatial audio, USB C, and more. Um, they introduced an updated version of that studio over-the-year headphones today. I've got an old pair, and I got free one year when I bought a Mac, so I haven't used them in quite a while. Uh, but this is the fourth-generation model, um, and it's dubbed the Beat Studio Pro. It's a $350 headphone. comes 15 years after Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine uh, debuted the original studio headphones, uh, has their brand name. Uh, it's uh, maintained the... Uh, the same look, and they really haven't done a lot of ma major change to it. Uh, sound quality, they're saying it's about, about uh, the most of the latest Apple's technology uh, with adaptive noise cancellation with the KNC, uh, and um, it, it does seem to have some good sound quality that a lot of the reviews are saying. Um, this is something you like, uh, Jeff, being the audiophile you are. These are just some new headphones. I don't know. I've never been a huge, big fan of Beats headphones. I would like to hear them because I haven't Drop. listened to Beats in uh, years. The problem that I had with Beats before was that they tend to be very bass heavy. So they they sounded kind of muddy and heavy to me. That said, I haven't listened to them in, in several years. So I'd like to hear these before I decide that I don't like them. Yeah. Definitely. Um, we were just talking about, actually, we were talking about this uh, uh, yesterday, you've got your new AirPods Pro 2, uh, and uh, these are headphones. Is this, are, you, are you really using headphones anymore, uh, Chuck, anymore? Are you really like... The only time I use headphones anymore would be the Bose QuietComfort um, for flying. Yeah. Um, and on the way here, I tested out the noise cancellation with the new uh, version of the AirPods. Yeah. And I, I, I loved it. Um, I'm just one of those people that can't seem to get a really good seal. I think if I got a good, a really good, I mean, if I, you know, if I force the seal, the noise cancellation is amazing. So I've got to maybe look at some custom earbuds, but 
I just, no, I've, I've kind of gotten away from using headphones for anything. Just don't need them anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, I have a good set of external speakers at home. Yeah. And that way, you know, I'm aware of everything that's going on around me. And so, I mean, these look great. They look, they look very comfortable. But, of course, the sound is the big thing. So, I'm with Jeff. I'd want to listen to them before I make any any judgments. Hit an Apple store and uh, give them a listen. See. Do you, do you use headphones at all, Frick? Don't usually use over the head, over the ear headphones because we have a kind of a big head and lots of hair and um, <laughs> it's a whole thing. Um, but you know, I, I like Chuck cannot seem to get a proper seal on the AirPods Pro, so I I wouldn't mind up if, if the noise cancellation is as good as the AirPods Pro two and the folding makes them small enough. I, I might think about it. I think it's fair to say. For Brittany and I both, we're not criticizing the AirPods. It's just our particular ears, the the stock earphones. They could offer some more tips. Well, they could offer some more tips. But, <laughs> you know, trying to fit your ears is a pretty specific thing. So, and there's some other companies out there that make some that, you know, you I mean, you can always get ear molds made and all that. So, yeah. I, oh yeah, I'm I'm thinking more of the technology in the devices that is so good. The fit yeah. is another matter. Yeah. So. We'll check them out, and when when, when any of us uh, get to listen to them, we'll definitely report back and let you know. All right, sure. Um, the uh, Apple Card has been pretty active in uh, in the news lately with Goldman Sachs considering uh, selling its uh, share of uh, Apple Card. But this story was really interesting. The Apple and Goldman Sachs credit uh, is crediting some customers who had long waits for savings withdrawal requests. Uh, some co- some customers had a very poor experience with their Apple savings account handled by Goldman Sachs. They're receiving a one-time credit, according to an email that was received. Uh, Mac Rivers is uh, recording here, uh, and a reader that says that uh, they, he, the person made a withdrawal in May. It took well over a month so, to, to finally get their, their withdrawal, which that's, I find that to be absolutely ridiculous. They're giving them a goodwill credit of $100. Um, it's really not clear how many Apple savings users had received these credits. I didn't do it because I I haven't withdrawn. I've been smart and not really withdrawn anything. I want to keep it in there and make that four point one five percent on the savings account. So, but they, the, even the Wall Street Journal had a report that suggests multiple Apple Card customers were having trouble with their accounts. That was handled by Goldman Sachs. So you kind of have to question where is everything going. I think Goldman Sachs reported again that they were losing money. You know, I don't come out and quote the numbers, but it's pretty big that they they want to get out of the consumer business and completely. And you know that the rumor was. Uh, American Express may take it over, but then today on the news they were saying American Express is losing has, their their card usage has dropped. So I mean, who knows what's going to happen with that? What do you think, Chuck, on this? Um, you know, sitting here on this beautiful lake, for some reason I'm in a paranoid mood today. I feel like there's case. <laughs> I, I don't know where that. Not where I thought that was going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think so. Um, yeah, but what? I guess I, I I feel like there's more to this story. I feel like that somewhere there are regulators. That may may have, you know, put some pressure on um, on Goldman Sachs. I have to wonder if Apple, as a Goldman Sachs partner, said, "Hey, you're failing our customers, and you got to do something." Yeah. I mean, a hundred bucks is 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 nothing, but it's also not bad. So I w- I want to know what the background is. I want to know you know why they decided to do this. Um, other than that, you know, I'm I'm with you, David. You know, we're we're hearing all kind of reports about how Goldman Sachs is not happy with this arrangement. Yeah, and so I think it'll be interesting to see if this just sours that further, or if they just decide to get their act together. Yeah, a little bit more. 
Sure. What do you think, Flip? Do you have you, you don't have an Apple Card, do you? Oh, yeah. You do. Oh, yeah. I'm like crazy. Why would I say that? <laughs> um, I just said I didn't have it with me when we were at the restaurant this morning. <laughs> That's another story. <laughs> I, initially, when they paired with Goldman Sachs, I was like, why, why are they doing that? And then uh, two seconds later, I was like, oh, right, because they have such a bad reputation right now. They will do whatever Apple wants. And it might just be that that relationship is feeling less comfortable now. Um, yeah, I think I think this... It was a reasonable thing to do. And yeah, I would not be surprised even a little bit if Apple was like, oh, no, you cannot do this because our name is on it. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't I don't know even who's providing the money, but I, you know, you got to do something because that's not OK. No. I mean, somebody could have been out a lot more than one hundred dollars if they needed to access their money quickly. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it just seems like I mean, T-Mobile, uh, T-Mobile money is another example of the bank that I have that account only because I. They they would give four percent interest if you if you make purchases throughout the month, and then so that was kind of an incentive. Plus, it was linked to my T-Mobile account and all that. But it takes forever to transfer money into the stupid account, and I get why am I doing this? And then transferring it out doesn't isn't so bad, but transferring it in, and like, okay, I'm using it all the time, and then it starts dwindling. Like, where is I? I put this deposit like a week ago. Where is wait seriously? Like you were waiting a week for a deposit? Just, just about, yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. So, but was that the initial run? No, it's been recent. Oh, right. I made some deposits yeah in the last couple of weeks, and it's because I'm just doing a transfer from my primary bank. I just I mean this is just a secondary bank, so that I use. So, um, it seems slow. So that's interesting because the Apple Daily Cash that I earn, I watch it go over quite like, immediately. Oh yeah, for Apple. Yeah. So I mean, uh, you yeah. know, where, so whose whose failure is this? Because the, the ACH. Issue with Eric Clarion, right? Excuse me. Or is it, or is it, Apple's in some way, or is it Goldman Sachs, or you know what's going? And in this case, T-Mobile with their bank, you know, it's Consumers Bank or whatever they call it. Uh, uh, but no, that that it, whose whose fault is it? It, it? It's Goldman Sachs' fault in this case. So, do you have any other thoughts on that, Chad? Um, yes, it's Goldman Sachs' fault. Yeah, hundred percent. And it, it isn't. A situation of there's not enough money to uh, to dole out what people were trying to withdraw. Uh, I think this was administrative, technical, something like that. And uh, and Brittany, I think you were right. Apple said, "Look, you're making us look bad. You're going to do something about it." Well, it, Apple just has one of those names that when you put it next to something negative, the headline's going to skyrocket. And they can't afford it. Apple, Disney has that too. Um, a lot of companies I've followed over the years apparently have that reputation where if anything goes wrong, someone is going to run with it. And you, you just can't let that stuff go. They can't. So let's hope, let's hope this solves it and who knows where it's going in the future. We'll see uh, what happens when Goldman Sachs gets out of the business whenever they can. Um, this last story, actually, it's kind of a, it was interesting. I caught my eye. This is a Mac Rumors. Uh, someone did a review of the this Ember Travel Lug Two. Won't get lost with finding your my with Find My integration. Uh, Ember created this uh, this device. Uh, it's not device. It's, it's actual. Um, it's actual travel mug. Uh, it's an electronic travel mug that adds that Find My feature. Uh, but you're wondering why would your mug need to find? Uh, I agree with that. And it's with great explanation. It's a nice to have add-on on a product that's positioned, but it's a small luxury. It's two hundred dollars for a travel mug. Oh, so I left mugs places. I think this is a great idea. 
Yeah. So I just thought, what you know, all of us started using one mugs here and there, but when tell us, Bert. I I lose things all the time. So um, sometimes when I'm looking at something that is an expensive splurge that I don't really need, which an ember mug would be one of them if I were looking at it, that could be the difference between me getting it or not. Because I walk through this thing of, well, are you just going to lose it anyway? And and so, you know, I, I don't lose my devices very often because I, well, they're high priority. But <laughs> but um, having, yeah, I, I think I think it's a great idea. Yeah. So I I, I is this something you would do, Jeff? I don't I don't think I'd spend twenty. If I'm going to spend two hundred dollars on a mug, it better have find my built in. Uh, that said, I'm probably not going to spend two hundred dollars on a mug. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this does have uh, it does have heat controls, LEDs at the bottom to let you know if the status of the cup is, the temperature, whether the cup is empty. So it does have some other things to, other than find that. So. If if I were a commuter, this mug would be very appealing. Yeah. So uh, it, it does say you can swipe. From the from your iPhone, you can change the temperature, so it's got some advanced stuff, and you're not just abide by. Again, I don't think Chuck is this other thing you would get, Richard. No, no, I wouldn't because it doesn't fit any use case I have for a mug. Right. That said, this this feels like it's at the intersection of a lot of really nice features that are expensive but might be worth it for some people, and the idea that not everything in life has to be internet enabled. This is true, and so you know, I, I I don't I don't hate this. I it's not for me, but I can. Jeff just made a great point that honestly I hadn't thought about it in those terms. For a commuter, this may be an outstanding thing because they don't want to leave their mug. They want to be able to make sure they know where it is, and also have the information about what's in it and how warm it is and all those things. So, yeah, you know, changing the temperature from your phone to me this sounds ridiculous because what I'm picturing is. You've got the mug in one hand, your iPhone in the other, and you're sitting here changing the temperature on your phone for the mug. Why don't you just hit the buttons on the mug to change the temperature? Yeah, exactly. You could do it right from the mug. What if it's in the other room? Okay, I, I stand corrected. That way, <laughs> that way it can be ready, well, yeah, to the remote part. That way it can be ready for you to get it when you're ready to leave in the morning. Yeah. Anyway, I thought it was interesting that I knew we'd have a bit of a debate on how kind of senseless this thing is. If I were going to get one, that would be that would be my, oh, okay, I don't have to write this off as a no immediately because I can find it again if I lose it. This is true. <laughs> um, so let's move on to some news. Uh, the, uh, how about news? Some topics. Uh, beta, Apple seeded the release candidate of iOS 16.6 and iPadOS 16.6 to developers. I think it came out to, to the public uh, shortly thereafter. Um, and so we're probably expecting a, a public launch here probably within the next week. Um, uh, again, I don't see much of anything that's added to this other than the fact that Apple's taken a long time after iOS 17 came out, uh, which has been, what, six weeks now, I think it is, since we've, since WWDC. Yeah. So we're on, uh, we'll talk about that in a minute, but this, this seems interesting that, that they've taken this long to finally get this to an, a release candidate on 16.6 and none of us are on it uh, obviously said so, um what else we could say about it other than we'll be getting it pretty soon here file release well you won't because Brady, because you're on you're, you're in the beta world I, i'm on the seven i dropped the 16 beta to move to the 17 beta <laughs> so, so this so they also had this uh, for tvOS as well as watch os uh, 9.6 tvOS 16.6 so 
as I mentioned, iOS 17 beta 3, I believe that's what we're on now. Uh, but you've been on it and then you've been having some challenges as we were traveling back here to, uh, uh, to, to the lake house, your battery life has been getting, Oh, my battery life is awful, but I, I did just dip below the official service recommendation, uh, battery life. Um, cause you know, my phone is getting close to two years old. I know it's ancient. Um, <laughs> that's stone knives and bear skins. I know. Right. Um, the mini's gone. So you got to stay here. I, I, I have to use this one until they'll give me another one. Um, I, yeah, it's, I've had issues with spotlight. It's really slow. And I don't know if it's just cause I have a ton of stuff on my phone, but it, it'll just sit there thinking forever. Sometimes even searching the app library, it just won't come up with anything. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's been, it's been hard for a person who likes to launch from spotlight. Um, but, but most of the other things are mostly working. Um, no one else has experience here without iOS 17, so I will dabble into that too much. Um, there was a couple of things that uh, I found this week interesting. Um, article talked about how you can get Siri to actually read web articles to you. Um, uh, the way it works is there's, uh, keep in mind, if you want Siri to read web content out loud, you first need to be using Apple Safari when browsing web pages. That makes sense. And uh, as it stands, it won't respond to read requests in third-party browsers, so it depends on if you have so for most of us have safaris or default on Wi-Fi. Um, and secondly, you have to have the, the web page you want has to be compatible with read reader view. So because it puts it in reader view, so it, that's what it's doing. It's scanning reader view in here. And uh, there's a number of methods that it, it shows to um, to uh, actually uh, go through and read this. I don't know if you've tried this, Gridian. No, I didn't know about it till just now. <laughs> there's there's another thing on your list to do to try this out because I thought this was an interesting thing. We're, we're always going to be finding some cool things coming with uh, iOS 17 here. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Uh, the other one piece I found here too was uh, messages. Uh, have you tried any of the new features in messages uh, in the messages app? I don't like them. I really, I, I wanted to like them and I don't. My stickers are split between other and stickers labels you can't delete them without deleting the entire app. Yeah. So, you know, Taco Bell's on there. I don't I don't need to use stickers from Taco Bell, but I'm not sure if I really want to delete the Taco Bell app or the Alaska Airlines app. And you must have had a taco. It's the... it was it was the first beta feedback I sent to Apple was I can't find anything and I can't get rid of stuff. <laughs> How about check-in? Have you tried that at all? No, I have not tried the check-in. Yeah, so that, that you have that and then um uh, it's uh, it's interesting how that works, and then you just talk about stickers. Yeah, I think stickers is a lot. Of, you're you're a big stickers user. I think a lot of people. Are, like, I I I haven't been this summer, and that's really sad. So, um, but yeah, I mean, as we go here, we'll be learning more and more about this as as it uh, gets to the end of the beta cycle, which uh, we're hoping iOS 17 will probably be out in September timeframe, like it usually is. So, um, and stuff like definitely going to be interesting to uh, to see. Uh, where this is so oh i was just trying to check in <laughs> uh, this is interesting I try not to cover too many rumors but i sometimes they're intriguing enough i think they're worth a mention uh the current apple tv the, the 4k is was released in november of 2022 so that's just about a, a little less than a year ago uh it's got the a15 bionic chip and we've got the large 128 gig uh, storage option, slightly thinner, 
It's got HDR 10 plus supports, so serial mode, it's USB-C port, more pricing, other changes. But they're saying the next gen uh, 4K is expected to be released next year in 2024. Um, of course, we'd expect a faster chip. Um, you know, Mark Thurman has been throwing out some rumors, of course. Um, but he's pretty, usually pretty spot on enough that I would that I uh, merit this a, a good thing to discuss. So it could be a, a, a 16 Bionic or it could be the upcoming A17 Bionic, which would be interesting to see them put a, a, a faster chip like that in the Apple TV. I think Apple is starting to really see uh, that it's, uh, it's this is this is the, the way. You know, they're, this is the way. This is the way. <laughs> um, and I, uh, you know, I just cut the cord from Comcast, moved over to YouTube TV, and um, I, I think using the Apple TV is the, is, is the thing. So I, I, I think all of us agree that it's got the best interface to work with. So I think Apple's really seeing that it's uh, something that's uh, something good. I just got my first Apple TV, but but it's it's at the location I'm not at most of the time. <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, it was better than I expected. It, at first, the remote control felt really backwards to me because you you do the opposite gestures you do on your phone, and it was it was anyway. Um, but but yeah, it's been it's been fine. Tip one logs me out. <laughs> <laughs> Fast chat. Mark Gurman saying this stuff, I'm inclined to believe it. Ming Chi Ko saying this stuff, I'm inclined to think he's pulling it out of his uh his butt. At least so you get closer to production. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. That's why I didn't quote him on the part of the article. <laughs> Good call. Yeah. Um I think we're due for an Apple TV refresh, and I like the idea of an even more modern processor being in the device, and uh, I think that would actually be a good thing um, beyond just the, hey, my my Apple TV runs more efficient, uses less power, doesn't run as hot, but it's for gamers, too. Like, if Apple really wants to keep pursuing Apple TV as sort of a gaming console... Put a put a, a beefier A series processor or an M series processor into yeah. this. Doing an iPhone, they're not an iPhone. They're doing an iPad, so mm-hmm. why not Apple TV? Any thoughts, Jeff? Uh, uh, Chuck on uh, Apple TV? Yeah, just that I don't think that you can put you, that your TV interface can be fast enough because I have now a, a couple TVs that are getting long in the tooth by electronic standards. And I'm noticing more and more how it's like, okay, I push a button and I feel like I have to wait. Well, then I'll put that out there right away. No, that's a legit thing. You shouldn't have to click a button on your TV and then wait for something to happen. No. That's not that's not how a TV user interface works. Remote controls have ever worked. It's not okay it now. All the time. Right. But it, but now it happens all the time because we now have television operating systems. And that's why I, I think the, the better chip they can put in and the more they can tap the power of that chip to increase mm-hmm. speed and improve the user experience, man, I'm all for it. I know it seems like a big waste to put a, one of the one of the bionics. No, they're making tons of them. Whatever, throw one in. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it also means that there's less inventory, that, less, less different inventory that they have to manage. Yeah, um, but if it's an iPhone one, like they're only short for like two months. So have it come out in December. It'll be fine. Yeah, but but I I, I think this. Again, a- Apple has to code it to take advantage of that. Yes. But it seems like they've gotten really good at some of that with what yeah. we see happening with the M1s. And the, the same thing is probably happening with the Bionics. 
we just may not always see that that same performance kick because we're not using the right applications to see it. Right. That's a big thing with applications on the Apple TV. They've got to get better. And that's been uh, yeah the challenge. There's a lot of them not uh, doing so well. So um, other topic I want to talk about a little bit is uh, this is an interesting article from Apple Insider. Uh, After 11 years of work, people are actually liking Apple Maps. Um, it's, it's surprising after all these years, right? Uh, it just noticed that people are do actually like Apple Maps and it changed though. It took 11 years to be acknowledged. Uh, Apple has said that it could be characterized as a terrible start. If we remember correctly, back in 2012, it was a mess. Uh, Apple had the, the, the press releases saying, you know, we, we, we messed up. We got to get this fixed. Uh, but I, I, I know a lot of people, you know, my wife, she just walked out. I, I, I'll go, she always seems to always navigate, gravitate, uh, uh, gravitate to Google Maps. I says, honey, I, I can't do it on the screen when you're, well, I know Apple Maps are ready to go. So, you know, I'm so used to using them. But um, I think it's something that uh, they, they've done a much better job with it. I mean, they've been doing a lot of upgrades and iterations. I think that that has made you know, made a difference. Uh, and uh, I, I think you guys talked about this earlier this week uh, on, on Mac Voices Live. So I, I wasn't there, unfortunately, because I, be, I was awake. Uh, but uh, what, what, what was the consensus of, of Apple Maps, I think? I like it. I use it. I assume you do. I, I do, except the, and I said this on the other show, that I prefer Waze be, for driving, not for the map part, but for the real-time interaction with other other drivers. Okay. So two miles ahead, pardon me, a, a cop pulls over and sets up radar. Yeah. There's a fairly good chance that I'm going to have notification of that from other Waze users that are just ahead of me. Right. That Apple Maps doesn't have that. On the other hand, I'm broadcasting where I am every second of that trip to Google, and so and I'm I'm not I'm not sticking my head in the sand. I'm making an, an informed decision that not getting that ticket is probably worth it a little more to me. Um, Apple Maps does have a similar feature. It's just not as accurate. Like it doesn't get updated as much right. because it doesn't. You don't have real time user feedback. Um, I I just had one where it said is this has this been cleared um i replied before i saw that it had not been cleared that it had been cleared (laughs) so i didn't give it very good information um but i and i only did it then because there was somebody else in the car to hit the button for me (laughs) but isn't that is was that a construction situation uh car by the side of the road oh really okay yeah so um they're starting to but it's it's very in its infancy whereas Waze has had it forever right and and so you have the issue of all those people using Waze, putting all that information into it, mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, having to train Apple Maps users to, A, turn on Apple Maps, and B, report the things that are on the road. So, And I, I don't know how you report it, honestly, because there was, I didn't see an option for that. It just said, do you want to, can you verify? Yeah, well, that's something I was going to go and look. Maybe, I thought maybe I'd miss it, that they put it in, but... Um, but I don't know where they get the initial report. Yes. I mean, but the overall experience is great. If I need walking directions somewhere, it's Apple Maps every time, right. without question. Right, right. Like, I agree. I agree. Hey, Jeff, you've been waiting. you got to tell us your opinion. No, I'm just enjoying looking back and forth at whoever's speaking. And, it's, it's um, we're not used to world. Strange. Little, right. Um, no, I prefer Apple Maps in general. And I think the driving directions are far superior to Google Maps. The the downside to Apple Maps is that um, is that it's not as obvious to business owners how and why 
to get their businesses into Apple Maps. So if you need to search for a business, search for it in Google Maps, and then put the location into Apple Maps so you can get there more efficiently, which is kind of stupid, but that's that's my travel workflow. I prefer, I prefer it. I prefer Apple Maps. I, I try to use it as much as I can. I, once I go into Google Maps, I'm like, oh, this, this doesn't... I don't like the Google Maps interface. But like Jeff, I use it to look places up because it's way more likely. Because I've also had Apple Maps in the last year and a half take me to a place that wasn't open anymore. And and in the last year and a half, I've had it give me completely wrong directions um, to some other place that wasn't where I was going and had to call the appointment. I was like, I'm here, but I can't find it. And they're like, oh, yeah, you're like a mile away. (laughs) But haven't haven't you seen that? Uh, with normal Google searches as far as businesses being closed, that things haven't been updated? Because I assume they're pulling from the same database. No, they, they are not. Apple and Google are not pulling from the same database. No, I'm sorry. I meant, I meant Google searches for, as opposed to Google. Well, that, that I think they're pulling to the same database. Probably. If it's, probably. If it's not listed as closed or whatever, then you know, you're going to get bad data wherever you go. Yeah, I just haven't noticed an improvement yet in in searching for an Apple one and getting accurate data. It still seems to be a little bit more accurate on Google. And, you know, there's more people using Google. This is true. This is true. Mm-hmm. So, interesting. It's article. interesting to see where things are going. I can't believe it. It's been 11 years. It seems like yesterday we're, we're we met. That was released. <laughs> and, oh, sorry. We messed up. Um, so, uh, last topic here before we get to talk a little more, more fun things and this is always fun, but Mac stock did festivities here, is um, when is the best time to buy an iPhone? Um, probably not right now. Uh, we're up, we're actually in July as we're recording this, and um, who is in the market or is not in the market? You know, I had a family member that uh, had to get a new iPhone, and I suggest to, to her that uh, yeah, she's on the SE the second gen. It was, uh, well, it's getting, it's getting uh, tough to work with. The battery life was diminishing even though the battery is like it was just a solder 70 and sat like brit's phone um so i finally said you know what let's get the iphone 14 you'd be so much happier yeah it's a little bit bigger but uh in this case i thought this was a good thing and, and she's very happy with it and we even got it in yellow so i've mentioned this a couple weeks ago uh but yeah i think right now we're right on we're kind of right on the cusp of, of deciding where where is the best when is the best time to buy the iphone and probably i would say not Right now, at this point, the plus uh, September, October generally is going to be when the uh, when that's going to get released. So, what do you uh, what do you think the storage iPhone is? If you have the luxury of buying an iPhone whenever you please, mm-hmm. wait until fall after the new phones announced, so you can buy whatever the latest and greatest model is. Like, like yes, like check us too. Yeah, um, if you're not in that position. My advice is you buy a new iPhone when you need to have a new iPhone. And uh, your your personal cycle may not be in sync with Apple's product release cycle. That's okay. Um, so, yeah, there, to me, there are two types of iPhone buyers. You need to buy it now, or you have the luxury of buying whenever the new thing comes out. Sometimes you just have to nurse it along until Apple releases another one that actually fits in your hand. Right. Yeah. 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 There's that too. There are three types of, of <laughs> and a maniacal devotion to the Pope. So 
I'm an Eichel devotion to the Mini, but... To the Mini, yes. <laughs> we're we're kind of not in the majority, Fuck uh, and I, because we always upgrade every year, because uh, uh, we, we have to. It's it's just in our blood at this point. Got to have it, Rinda. <laughs> well, we're, you and I are on the, on the automatic upgrade program, so it doesn't make, frankly, it doesn't make a lot of sense for us unless we were in the very unlikely event we were deciding to avoid and leave the iPhone platform. Right. So that, yeah, it sort of goes without saying. But... You know, I, w- I would submit that I, I want to echo everything Jeff said, with the possible exception of if don't do without an iPhone, for all the reasons that we can list about the benefits of the iPhone. If you need to buy a refurbished one to get you through and then resell it, if you need to buy a new one and, and maybe a lower model, maybe you don't need as much RAM or, you know, you can you can stand to do something smaller, Brittany. Um <laughs> Or, or want to do something smaller. Or want to do something smaller. <laughs> but, you know, but keep the iPhone with you because it is truly a... You use it more than you realize. You use its features more than you realize. And you depend on it more than you realize. So, because I've heard people say, well, just buy a burner phone and tide you over for a couple months. And that's a terrible solution. And a lot of things can be fixed, too. Like, if your phone's running slow and your battery's too low, it might just be the battery. Good point. Yeah. You know? Are you on the 12th, the mini, or the 13th? I have both, but the, I'm on the 13th. <laughs> you hear that, Apple? I will buy every single mini that you put out when you first release it. I don't think the mini is going to be coming out any kind of set. There are no rumors to support that. <laughs> so that's our, our recommendation. I thought that was a good a good refresher because we, we get that question all the time this time of year. Should I wait? Should I not? A lot of times, are people are just you know, if you're really hard up, the phone is just in that bad of shape. You know, the 14 is still a perfectly good iPhone, and you're going to be very happy. And the differences in processor aren't that big anymore. The 12 is still a perfectly good iPhone. The iPhone 11 is still perfectly good. Right now, my 12 is faster than my 13 because my 13 needs its battery replaced. Yep. My, my got the 13. My mother-in-law's got the 11. So, and and, and we got. Others uh, as the the 12 Pro Max and the 13 Pro Max are perfectly fine. Well, I, there's no real reason that you have to have to upgrade it as it works perfectly. Well, so. Well, so the right now the eight is is the cutoff for eights. The eight is the end of the road. The, the all right the eight and the ten. Anything higher than the ten is still it will still be on iOS 17. Right. Okay. So the 10R and higher. Yeah. So so if you really need to buy an iPhone right now. And and I'm I'm the scenario I'm drawing up is something happened to your phone you dropped it over the side of the boat here on the lake, yeah. um, and you need to, you know that's one way one more way to afford one, and to tide you over and then decide if you want to try to tough it out for yet another year for another release or just go ahead and get it. Yeah. So, uh, it's uh so, uh yeah so just that that's our recommendations and uh well we'll, we'll always be talking about that because. We always get asked that question every time this time of year. So, um, for wrap up, I I just wanted to uh, end the show with just the fun we had to this week. This week, um, uh, Thursday, uh, as we record this, we we all got to see each other. And I said again, Brittany, it was so great to see you. Got a nice big hug, yeah. as well, and and Chuck, great to see you as well, and every, all of our friends that have been at Max Duck, uh, the Midwest Bar- Barbecue. Shout out to Barry Falk for for hosting the the, the barbecue. Amazing, it was absolutely amazing. It, it was. It was just had so much fun. He had a wine tasting. We had great food, great company with everybody. Uh, or you guys' thoughts? I, I, Brittany, I know you had this. It was great for out to see us and having and it was a great time. 
Yeah, it was amazing. It was so much fun. They're such gracious hosts. Um, yeah, good food, good friends, good times. Yeah, no, it, was, it was just absolute great to see everybody. Jeff, I mean, got to see Dave Hamilton. I mentioned him, and they, yeah, John Abrun and Mike Rose, and just all real pals and Sheridan, Steve Sheridan, and uh, I'm probably forgetting people that. It was like a family reunion, but in a good way. That's what Allison said, too. It's like family. Yeah, and it, it was just really awesome to get to see all of my friends in one place after, I mean, realistically, for a lot of people, after so many years. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, sure. You, same sentiments, right, Chuck? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I mean, I think I shook three hands and gave or and received 30 hugs 30 hugs at least and i think i did too and one disturbing kiss from allison which was if that's another discussion i saw that yes yeah that was i still have that in my mind and i'm thinking about it yeah i still got it in my mind too oh, and this thing oh, I, I, i'm testing for COVID as we speak um but it's also important to note though that yeah. that that was one subset of what of the folks we're going to see at the event yeah. starting saturday that we have a number of friends we know that couldn't make it in or the barbecue because of the day in between. So they're going to be there Saturday and it's going to start all over. Yeah. We'll see people we hadn't seen at the barbecue, which is great. Um, So quickly, we'll talk about what we're going to talk about. And then obviously we'll we'll be able to tell everybody I'll be talking about cloud computing. That's my topic for, because the topic for backstock is learn. And uh, I want to teach everybody and look, have everybody learn what it all is about cloud computing. And that's why I'll leave it at that. Jeff, what was your topic going to be? I rose audio. So we're going to be learning a lot more about high-res audio because mm-hmm. you're very well-versed in sound. That's going to be great. And Chuck, you get to open up the show. So, you know, it's kind of an honor you get to open up the show. Chuck's the keynote. He's the no keynote. pressure. Yeah, no pressure. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'm, I took Mike's Mike's theme and spun it a little bit. Um, and we're going to talk about learning and to live in the future or get stuck in the past. Okay, great. And we'll be feverishly working on our presentations and here <laughs> to finish up and tweak things so... Uh, and the brilliant, last but not least, what are you going to talk about? I'm going to talk about finding ways to work smarter instead of harder and probably have a little autom- how to do it with automation specifically at the end, since this is just the right audience for it. Great. Great. So, uh, unfortunately, by the time you hear this, the show will already probably be passed, or there will be a recording once it gets released. Uh, um, but you can get the recordings. Get, get the recordings, but you still can get the, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the, the pass. You actually can register after the fact. And uh, to get the digital pass, so you can watch all these videos at the end. So still go to max.confidenceandexpo.com to, to check that out. And um, and uh, definitely we'll uh, be able to have some great stuff that you can see after the fact. Um, I highly recommend that. So um, I think it's uh, it's something that's going to be just a great thing. And, uh, and we're sad that some of you won't be there, but we're, we're going to be able to share it with you anyway. And then you'll get to hear about all about it next week. Uh, we back on our shows uh, on Mac Voice Live as well as, uh, as here on Intouchable iOS. So uh, with that, let's go ahead and wrap up for this week. We're a little, little bit early, but why not? We've got to go enjoy this lake that, we, that we're looking at right now. So, uh, And that's a wrap for this week. Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions to our email address, which is feedback at IntouchableiOS.com. You can follow us on Twitter at IntouchableiOS as well as on Mastodon in, at IntouchableiOS. Support the show by buying me a coffee at IntouchableiOS.com slash coffee. We'd really appreciate it. You can become a patron of the show by going to patreon.com slash in touch with iOS. We have two tiers available and uh, uh, we would really appreciate it. Usually we're live streaming on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern 
and 5 p.m. Pacific on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash InTouchWithIOS. We won't have a live stream this week, but you know, we, we had to improvise. We're, we're having some fun. So, so but, uh, we, we didn't do that this week. But you can always see that, and you can, you know, you'll be able to hear the the, 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 uh, the past shows as well as uh, past live streams. Um, visit In Touch with iOS magazine on Flipboard, where many of the topics we discussed are flipped into that magazine. The link is our show notes. You can subscribe to the show in, our, in your favorite podcatcher, which includes Pocket Cast, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, and many others. A better yet, go to our website at InTouchWithIOS.com, where all the links to all the ways to listen to us are there. I am Dave Ginsburg, and you can find me on Mastodon at BG65, as well as Twitter. Brittany Smith, so, so great to see you in person. It is so great. Thank you so much for having me, Dave. Where, where can uh, where can people find you? Um, I I have a Mastodon. It's pdx.social, Liberator, something in those orders, some order of that. <laughs> um, if you want to reach out there or a lot of my website stuff can be found on conquer.consulting. Uh, Jeff Gamut, thanks. Oh, great to see you in person. In person. Yes. Great to see you. What the work people I do. Well, when we're not hanging out in person, you can find me on social media. I'm Jay Gamut on basically everything. I'm most active on Mastodon and Instagram. Then uh, shows. And here's Chuck. So I can ask you to your face, how is it that you keep letting me on? Mac Voices Live. It's it's just pure entertainment, Jeff. Entertainment. entertainment. He's worried he wouldn't have an after dark show without you. All right. Hey, transfer privers. Yeah. Too bad we didn't record the drive out here. That <laughs> seemed pretty quiet to me. <laughs> was it, what was your title? After Dark on the Road? Yeah. <laughs> After Dark Unleashed. <laughs> um, okay. Other shows. Dave, it's so great to be doing In Touch with iOS Live. So thank you for letting me on your show all the time. Then um, uh, Thursdays, the British Tech Network, the big show. Then Fridays on the Mac show. And then also the context machine with Brand Chaffin. Awesome. And last but certainly not least, Chuck Joyner, thanks for being here. And it's great to see you in person as well. It is, David. It is. Your Our gap wasn't quite as long because we saw each other at CES, but that doesn't take anything away from it. And this is only the second time I've seen Brittany in person. And Jeff and I haven't seen each other for years. So this is just an extra special week to us. Um, you can find everything I'm doing at macvoices.com. Um, as you both alluded to, all three of you, I think, uh, Mac Voices Live, Tuesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, whatever time that is, wherever you are, on YouTube at youtube.com slash TV. And if you can't make that, don't worry. All the cra- craziness ends up in the feeds sooner or later. Um, and on pretty much all the threads, at all the socials, <laughs> including threads, including uh, Mastodon, including... T2 and now Blue Sky. Got Blue I Sky. got Blue Sky. Um, I'm at Chuck Joyner. Great. Thanks everybody for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. We enjoyed doing it because we got to enjoy this beautiful weather and be by a lake. So, and uh, for that, uh, thanks again. And we'll talk to you again next time.